Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I'm very excited today. Uh, now, Kyle, you've been a guest before, but you actually didn't really know that you were a guest. And I know we were chatting yesterday and um, you were doing a little bit of Googling about your name on podcast and you realized that you had already been a guest on my podcast. So we thought we better change that. So, Kyle Wood, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you, buddy? Very good. Thank you, Dale. Uh, now, for listeners out there, Kyle and myself have run our own, another podcast called Lead Your Tribe for... Oh, six or seven years now. It's been it's been a while, and I was actually thinking back, Kyle, that the first time I reached out to you, and I'll talk a little bit more about this, but reached out to you and met you, and and starting our podcast, we didn't know each other, and the first two episodes we interviewed each other. I actually listened to a little bit back of me interviewing you, and I was so I, I listened to five minutes, and I was so embarrassed. It's the most cringeworthy thing I've ever. Ugh, it just makes me sick thinking about. It. So hopefully, I'll do it a bit of justice now, and we can see the difference. So, um, mate, do you want to just talk a little bit about you know um, how we know each other, um, the connection we made, and what sort of happened through Lead Your Tribe, and um, you know we've, we've travelled the world presenting and doing things together as well. Yeah. Wow. What a lot to dive into. Uh, tw- yeah, 2016, I think we started the podcast together and that's when we met because um, I had moved back to Australia then. I'm going to do like the um, the cliche sort of uh, older person in the movie thing of, oh, was it 2016? Oh, oh, no, it was, yes, it was. Uh, no, I'll try to avoid doing that. So, uh, yeah, we met, we got introduced. Um, you approached someone else for a podcast. I wasn't your first choice. Oh, you weren't. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> the second person you asked out at the bar. Uh, but you... <laughs> it <laughs> but sounds like you hold a grudge with me. But <laughs> I just thought it would be a funny joke. <laughs> they uh, introduced, you know, you to me, past, past your uh passed my details on to you, said, hey, this this person, Kyle, might be interested. This is how I understand it. Anyway, and uh, yeah, I'm, I think it takes a lot of courage to reach out to someone, um, especially with a plan, you know, not just like a, you, you weren't asking for, you know, me to give you all the secrets to the world, you know, like those kinds of emails. You were like, hey, this is something I want to do. Um, and I invested it and, and I was wondering if you, you know, you'd be interested. So I think it was, it was good timing, but also I'm always happy to give my time to people who, um, I can see are like, you know, ready to take action. It's different. Yeah. With that, yeah. you, obviously we get quite a lot of emails and I know through the podcast and things like that, um, I, yeah, I'd never really done anything like that when I reached out to you, but I had a vision. I didn't know how to start a podcast. I knew you had a little one that you'd done previously, uh, but obviously both sort of been in the fitness industry and I'd followed yeah. the work that you'd done for a long time. And I'd really admired, I, I didn't actually know you were in Melbourne. Um, and then when I got told about it, so um, yeah, do you get a lot of people, obviously get a lot of people reaching out wanting stuff, like not sort of asking to collaborate or, or just wanting to take things off you? Do you get many sort of like what I did? Like, was that sort of out of the blue or is that something that occurs a lot? 
No, that's that's, <laughs> a, that's pretty rare. <laughs> um, yeah, for for like serious emails, and I'm thinking there's probably like a dozen trainers, uh, like people who read my um, website who who I know, you know, recognize their email coming in and know who they are because we've had similar interactions. Maybe maybe we've caught up for you know Zoom because you're yeah, not always so lucky to live. 20 minutes away from each other as we did then. So yeah, it's not, it's not a very common thing. So maybe that was, that was part of it as well. That uh, sparked my interest. Yeah. And I like that. No, no. So, and I think it's really interesting that when you put yourself out there and I did, I was quite nervous meeting you. I remember that because I didn't have a clue who you were. I knew that you ran an amazing online business called bootcamp ideas. Um, and you'd done that for a long time and um, you're sort of a pioneer and ahead of the time, mate, because when you started that, like that, is that 10, 13? I don't know. You, you're probably better with numbers than me here, how long ago that was, but that's just sort of the start of the online bubble and you were so ahead of the game. Do you want to talk about that? Because your business has gone from strength to strength um, and that's a credit to you, but you were so early on. Like, how did you know the internet was going to take off? So, yeah, 2010, I just, the website's just passed 11 years. So, uh, it's funny. I remember in 2009, I started sort of reading about this stuff and I remember being like, oh, I've already, I've already missed it in 2009. I've already <laughs> missed, missed the boat because there were people then who had been doing it since like 2005. And, you know, YouTube was like pretty big already at that, at, you know, in 2009, 2010. Um, so there was people, you know, making money doing that. But a lot of the early stuff was um, it wasn't value driven. Like now it was very much like, how can I get my people to my website and get them to click a bunch of ads? And, um, I, you know, I'll admit like that was early websites that I created where um, were based. That was more the way the business model was, but that never, never sat right, never felt right. Um, and I wanted, you know, I didn't want to create more junk on the internet. I didn't want to like fill the internet with just like rehashed garbage. Um, of like, you know, I'm going to go look at the other articles that people have written and just reword it and write something. So, you know, at the time I was, I started running a boot camp, and um, yeah, I guess I was just lucky. I saw there's not really anyone else doing stuff about boot camps online, and this is something I know I struggle with. So maybe if you know I create a, a like a value sort of based business where I'm sharing what I'm doing with my boot camps and, and see if other trainers like that. And the, you know, from the start, I knew I couldn't make a business model with ads because no one was really advertising products that would fit the people reading my website. You know, it was, they were advertising boot camps. So and people coming to my website ran boot camps. <laughs> they didn't want to join another boot camp. So uh, I knew as well, sort of from the start, oh, there were people talking about people were writing, you know, books and things like that and selling them to their audiences. And so it's like, oh, this could be like kind of a cool side income to complement my trainer business. And also a way, you know, selfishly, I was just reflecting in the early days, people would send in workouts to me to share on the blog. So it was a way for me to like 
help me plan my sessions and stuff because people <laughs> were sending me their ideas too. So it worked both ways. And it, yeah, it was really fun. I think it's, it's not selfish though. It's uh, you've just evolved. And like you said, it started out with a blog where you were just posting ideas that would help you and help others. That's essentially the smartest way to test a business really, isn't it? Like yeah. if there's not something out there or if there's something out there, but it doesn't service the needs that you want for what you're currently doing. Um, and the more you do it, the bigger you get the name. And that's, that's really how you build a brand. It's, essentially, is that how you, your business has really developed so far? Yeah, consistency was the main thing. And uh, I heard it explained really well recently. Like back then, uh, information was scarce, even on like good information was scarce online. So if you could just provide some information about a topic that wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, because I was still a pretty green trainer myself, you could, you know, people would seek you out and find you and, and want that. But now people are, are like overloaded with information. So it's sort of, it's sort of changed now. It's, it's um, and so that's, that's been a challenge for me to like adapt with the times um, to, to how, to how things are now, because now people are overloaded with information. What they need is like someone to sort of cut through all of that information and just give them what they need. Um, it's, definitely more challenging <laughs> oh, could, well that's the thing previously you could do a blog post and people would come to it because there was no one else doing it but now yeah, there's exactly. so much of it that people don't want to always read a blog post and i think that's where you know, like podcasting and video and um yeah there's so yeah. many options out there for people now and, and you sort of have to be across them all don't you like um i know that's why obviously we've got a podcast together um and it started off and i think it's very similar to your business it's grown and changed as you've grown as an individual and i suppose me as well do you know what i mean that our partnership we've both decided that we we're going different ways and we want to deliver something differently so do you find when people say where do i start or what do i need to do that it's not just a website it's not just a youtube channel it's not just a podcast that you you sort of need to have your sort of fingers and every little pie is that is that some <laughs> advice you'd give people i i don't i don't know because you know like the the big trend i'm seeing online at the moment are these paid newsletters so like people are signing up and paying people to get a written, you know, newsletter email from them usually once a week. And, um, and so there, that's again, I think because there's so much information, people are happy to pay for this one person to sort of like, uh, that's what a lot of these emails are. Newsletters are kind of like digests where this person goes out and reads everything for you and then sends you this email that's got just like the highlights and the, the top picks. And so that's become a trend and yeah, and then you've, you know, you've got like people on YouTube. So I think, I don't think, I think that's what, that is the general idea of like what the social media companies want. They want you across every platform, but I think you can still have success without it. And it is a thing where um, playing to your strengths is definitely going to produce the best results. And we've talked about this a lot on our podcast. Like if, if you don't want to learn how to write, you know, because everything's a skill, but, you know, talking or videoing interests you, then then go down that path. Um, and that's, I still try and follow that with bootcamp ideas. Like I'm becoming more interested in video. So I'm just sort of letting that naturally evolve because I know then I'll create good video content. But uh, the written content is still at the core of what we do. And 
yeah, yeah. I don't like disagreeing with you, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I, <laughs> no, that's, I don't mate, think so. Good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, and I think that's where <clears throat> partnerships are very important. And I know <clears throat> a lot of people are out there, they want to start something, but not always wanting to do it all themselves or know where to go. And I think that's where we really complement each other because you're really good at writing. Do you know what I mean? And we've spoken about this again, that um, and I'm sort of more confident. I'd rather talk or be on a video. So our skill set sort of complements each other. Have you had with you, you know, your, your business and so forth. I know you got employees, but have you had other people reach out to do collaborations and partnerships and and things like that? And I suppose the second part to that goal is what's important in a business partnership? Because I've had a few and some have worked, some haven't, and that's all right. But for you, what do you look for? Definitely alignment of values because otherwise the marketing gets really tricky. <laughs> and that's like a that's a quick place you'll start seeing whether you gel with someone. Um, so if they, yeah, have a different approach to how they want to promote the thing you're working together, it can become, um, tricky. So, but it might be that from the start, you split that up and you just decide from the start that someone's going to do all the marketing. And, but yeah, I think that alignment of values, especially if you're like sharing audiences or you're sharing your audience, like, I don't want to put someone in front of my my readers who's going to, um, you know, be aggressively aggressive Selling. sales tactics and <laughs> things like that. Like, so, yeah. So I think that's been a big part and then like quality of, of the actual thing as well. So it has to be something good that I would actually use. Um, so those are probably the big things. And the only way you can really get to know that is by just like having a chat with the person seeing what work they've produced beforehand, you know, what's the quality yep. of that? What's the, what's the language they use? Um, and yeah, all of that, I think mm. really important. I think, yeah, like you said, and I, I think life's all about relationships and getting to know someone and you can't get to know them until you physically meet them. Um, and I think one of the things we've always had for each other, it's respect in uh, when someone else, you know, says, I just need to have a break or I need to have a little bit of time. And I know over, mm. you know, the six or seven years we've known each other that there's been a, like a number of different breaks for different reasons. You know, I've just released a book and I share where I went through a really rough period. And I know you've had those periods as well with mental health where you just physically need to have a break. Um, how important has it been for you? And, and one thing I'm like super proud of you is, mate, you can always know when something is not going well or that you need to have a break. And that's something I'm only just learning now. I wish I had I had that mm -hmm. earlier. But um, have you always had that skill to know that just I, I need to stop, this isn't serving me um, and I'm not in a good place? Is that something that you've learned or you've always had that natural ability to understand yourself? Uh, that's a good question. I think it, I think it has been learned through, as we all learn through some not so good periods of time. Uh, but, I, but I'm also someone who's always liked a lot of downtime. So I think maybe I hit that limit of like having too much on my plate sooner than other people. And so maybe that's why for me, cause that's, you know, that's different for everyone. Some people, you know, will thrive on that more go, go, go. And then some people will need more time to like reflect and think. <clears throat> now I've come to recognize that I'm definitely on that latter side where I need a lot of time to reflect and think. So pretty quickly things start getting out of hand when I'm 
pushing myself too much, pushing myself too much. Um, I think it's also helpful having like, I'm very lucky with my partner is very, um, like the relationship we have is very strong. So, so like, you know, she'll pick up stuff as well that, uh, that that's going on or, or I'll just notice it myself that I'm being like more argumentative and things like that. But uh, yeah, there's definitely been some particularly harrowing moments with depression uh, and grief that, you know, it's, it's good and bad because it's, um, it helped me see, I guess, the way I need to design my life to work so that I have those downtimes and have that freedom to be able to take time and things like that. But um, it also it, it knocked around my self-confidence as well about what I could accomplish and what I could achieve. And what I've realized recently is I can still work at a very high level, but I just got to make sure there's an end to that and then there's rest after that as well. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm experimenting with at the moment. So having those clear boundaries is... Yeah. That's, that's one thing. And, and I think people listening that there's no boundaries for the last 18 months, right? That a lot of people yeah. are oh, sitting gosh. at home and working and, and you've been yep. for, and I know I have as well. I work from home majority of the time, but a lot of people don't. So um, yeah. When you don't have boundaries, is that when you found that things just really go pear shaped? Yeah. 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 And it, it can sneak up on you like working from home for the first time. Or for me, it might be like, Oh, there's this good opportunity of a project that's coming, come up here. Yeah, I want to dive on that. I'll take that on, and then another one, and then another one, and then suddenly, and you know, you go, 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 and then um, you know, something's got to give because you just don't have that much time in the day or energy. So that's that's when it can sneak up. So I, I do have to. That's probably where I'm getting better at now, having that awareness of, oh wait, that's one. This is one <laughs> project too many. Or, um, <laughs> filtering, better filtering. Oh yeah, whoops, this is yeah okay. That that's gonna have to wait. And um, oh gosh, I feel like can we talk about um, <laughs> can we talk about some um, some actual, I guess tactical things I've done as well. Love to, mate. So, yeah. So, what are, and I think that's, I was going to go there because um, I think it's important when people do share, you know, struggles that they have had, how they've overcome it. I know, I know probably one big one for you is, you know, you've moved from Melbourne down to Phillip Island near the beach, yeah. a little bit slower life. And yeah. I know that's been, I've seen a huge change in you. Not saying that Melbourne wasn't good for you, but, you know, you really yeah. like it down the beach. It's a little bit slower. Um, you've got a nice house. You, you can go walk near the beach, which is really calming. That's obviously been one of those triggers I, re- I feel. Yeah. And like nature, it's like such a huge calming force. And so being literally surrounded by water, <laughs> it's like for me, water is, you know, for other people, it's like, you know, the rainforest or, you know, mountains, uh, which I also enjoy. But for me, it's definitely like being near water. There's something about it. So, yeah, moving out of Melbourne, I know, and I've noticed that too. Like the there's living in a city, there's so many more stresses constantly on you, even just down to like air pollution, but just like that constant noise and, and things like that. So moving somewhere where it's quieter, um, 
And, you know, it's acted as a bit of a natural filter as well because you having that distance from Melbourne means, you know, I might pick and choose the events and things that I go to a little bit more. Like, so, so you don't feel like compelled to sort of hit Friday and then you've got a packed weekend and then you're yeah, like Start back, again. back at work again. This yeah. way it's like, you know, down here, it still can get pretty busy, but um, there's definitely more chill weekends or the busy weekend is yeah going to the beach and watching my wife surf. So yeah, yeah. and running around after kids. And with that as well, like the community aspect as well. Um, yeah. And obviously I grew up in the country town and that's one thing I've missed being in Melbourne um, or a big city yeah. is you just don't have, or I haven't found it probably, and I probably haven't searched as much as what I did growing up, but um, I know that you're really into the community now. And I think one of the best things I've heard you've done is you joined up local fire service. Um, so you, you know, that's massive service of kindness, helping other people. Um, how has that changed you as well? Because that's, you've never done that before. That's something completely no. different. You're helping other people, but it's also helping you as well. Yeah. I've been really fortunate with that because you, you know, we, as we get older, you know, speaking as an old man of 30, how old am I? 33, 34. I'm about that age. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, I think I'm turned 34 this year. I think I'm 33. Um, so, you know, as, as you get older, like you do get more like, you know what you like. <clears throat> so you gravitate towards activities or things that you like. And as a result, everything in my life had become a bit same, same, like, you know, like, <laughs> like the same sort of things over and over again. And that stimulation of doing the firefighting is, it's just so different to everything I do. You know, I work at home, but there I I go and socialize, you know, at home I run my own business. There, you know, I'm doing things for the community, showing up volunteering, not just in the firefighting capacity, but, um, you know, in other, other things that we help out the community with when they just need extra bodies and stuff like that. And then just like a completely new skill set as well. Like, again, I mean, I was obviously used to be a personal trainer, boot camp, stuff like that. I keep fit, but um, learning how to operate all the equipment that is involved with firefighting and becoming skilled at that. Again, it's um, it's been really stimulating for my mind and talking about mental health. Sometimes I'm having like, just the crappest day and the pager will go off and I'll go and, you know, you completely forget about because you're very focused on what you're doing. So you completely forget about everything else. And then I'll come back home and I'll feel like a million times better just having that, doing that activity that is, um, yeah, we talk about a lot, like you talk about with mindful play for this. Yeah. It's another mindful activity because I need to be, I need to be completely focused on what I'm doing and just gets, gets you out of your head. Um, yeah. So that, yeah, there's been so many benefits to it and it's weird now because it also just feels like part of life. Yeah, it does. Do you reckon, um, cause yeah, mate, you, that's, you're really putting everyone else's needs before your own, particularly fighting fires. It's very dangerous. Mm. Do you think that's something 
that maybe if you, I don't know, had a tried without moving to Phillip Island, um, <laughs> tried something like that in Melbourne. I know you can't go back and change things, but do you reckon yeah. that would have, you know, made a big difference on because yeah, that's a real big outlet for you. You've got a community yeah. there now, um, and you're doing it to help other people. It's sort of ticking all the boxes that I know we both <laughs> believe in, but I talk about all the time. Like, uh, I just think it's been incredible for you. Thanks. Uh, I think it would have helped. I mean, there are some logistical things like where I lived. Yeah. It's all paid. You can't volunteer. <laughs> you know, it's one advantage for me to the country. Um, but I think there was still, you know, I, we, we had a pretty good community where we lived because I, I trained people there for four years. So in some ways we knew people. I think what we were looking for was more the time was people our age, but then also, yeah, we've ended up with friends down here of all ages. So I I think what I was looking for though, was just that, that sort of feeling of, of like everyone knows each other a little bit. I didn't like the anonymity of, of living in the city as well. And I think it's because I tasted that when I lived overseas, I lived in a smaller city than Melbourne still a city, but I had a taste of that, that the bit more familiarity with the, with the people around you. So um, that's, that's what I was looking for here. And I think that's been a big part of it. And, you know, one of the things I want to talk about was like reducing, turning down the noise. Um, there's that thing. I don't think we realize how much noise we let into our life. Even like I was talking to a friend the other day who apologized because they missed, missed my message. And they said, oh, I just, it got buried in the notifications of my phone. And I was like, you have notifications turned on in your phone? <laughs> like to me, I was like, that to me is like one of the reducing, you know, the noise that's coming into our head just, just weighs us down, drains our energy. We don't even realize it because it's happening all the time. And like reducing, you know, turning off some of the notifications on your phone, especially for ones you don't need, especially things like email, stuff like that, where it's not going to be urgent. Um, if you're getting to the point where you've got 20 notifications on your phone because you just don't even look at them and you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. But it is like all those little symbols, they're created to trigger a response in your brain that you, you need to check them. So I think moving down here, that's been one of the biggest things is um, it's reduced other noise which is just like just stuff going on and uh it's so funny like we, if someone honks their horn down here everyone looks at them and it's like <laughs> it's like who's that it must be from melbourne like you know, <laughs> you know like it's like weird to be like impatient uh yeah so it's it's um it's there's definitely downsides to not living you know in a major city but uh, i think that just that reduction of noise you know Another one that I see people do is, um, I mean, we've all talked about social media scrolling, but another one is like, that's an easy one that I just assume everyone knows. It's like, don't, don't read news websites. Like, don't, <laughs> you know, don't like, that's another notification and, you know, your phone will try and feed you news articles and stuff like that. It's like, turn all that off because again, the news cycle is so fast. You rarely need to know, you know, when some, when news is breaking, you really need to know it at that moment. So 
calming down has definitely been not just the process of moving, but also reducing those um, things from my life. And it's going to be personal for each. Like, you know, for me, created a home gym as well before the lockdown started, before the pandemic, because again, it was like just that, that like going to a gym and, and again, having that like input and stuff like that, which is something I didn't want. So being more selective, I think with, um, but then I, you know, I'll go to a cafe and work when I do want that, that noise and that, that input, because sometimes it can be stimulating. So I think, yeah. I think, uh, so really creating what works for you and hopefully like you've created, you know, you've got a gym mm-hmm. when you want to work out, you can, it's not on someone else's time. It's not being shut because of things you can't control. Yeah. If you want to work from home, you can, if you want to go and get stimulated or see other people, you can go to a cafe. So yeah. you're really designing what works for you. And I think the great thing with notifications is they will keep going. They know when you need a hit to get that phone back out, mm-hmm. they are that addictive, those social media apps. And, um, yeah, I just think one of the best things you can do as well is, and and I've spoken about this before, that my office where I am now, I don't get any phone reception. And yeah. <laughs> it's actually really liberating because I'm in here, I'm doing something, I'm present with you. Every time a notification goes off on your phone, you're not present with whatever you're doing because yeah. your attention goes to that phone. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and we all do it. And I'm bad as anybody, but um, I think, yeah, I think that's something you could probably maybe delete one of the apps or turn the notification off just for one of your apps and see what the difference is. That's great advice, Cole. Now, last one for you, mate. You were saying Melbourne people come down to Phillip Island and beat the horn all the time. The <laughs> exodus from major cities is outrageous. Have you noticed yeah. more and more people wanting to come down because obviously they can work from home um, and yep. they're just sick of, you know, being in a lockdown in a major city and then, you know, you can get sort of more bang for your buck in the country um, and near the yep. water. Have you Have you noticed that? Yeah, uh, house sales have been crazy down here. Um, interestingly, though, I'm thinking of some of the houses that have sold near me. It's like people have thought, yeah, all right, I'll buy a house down there and then I'll work from home. And then, But then they haven't done it. <laughs> like, <laughs> the houses are just sitting empty. So uh, that, was, that was actually a really confronting thing moving down here was like seeing how many houses sit empty and being like, Wow, we're, we're quite rich in this country, aren't we? Like that we can just have a house that sits empty. Some of these places for all but one, a couple of weeks over Christmas. Um, yeah, it's like, wow, we've got, we've got a lot. Um, so what was the question? Yeah, but it, yeah, it's been, it's been a bit busy down here, which is good for, good for the businesses and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see in like another two years time if people are like are like me and like, oh, I like it. Because when we moved down here, someone said to us, you'll need to wait about 18 months before some of the locals warm up to you because they've been burnt from so many people moving down from Melbourne and then moving back like 12 or 18 months later. Really? So, so people were like sort of sussing us out to see if we were going to stick around um, before <laughs> they were going to invest challenge? their time. Yeah, so I think we... <laughs> Four years now, we've literally passed the challenge. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 different moving um, to a small town. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if mm. people decide to move back or if, um, you know, on the upside, having more people in regional towns means it, it does mean, it means it's busier, but it also means it's, there's more opportunities for people too. 
because yeah. you've got more minds coming together more you know be great i'd love one thing i still haven't done down here is connect with a lot of other business owners who work from home so i'd love to do that um and those are the kinds of opportunities that could come from having yeah. more people down here yeah well that's and at the end of the day that's there will be positives that come out of, you know, what we've lived through recently. Um, and that'll be one of them that, you know, people like yourself will be living around other people like yourself and you won't know that, but then you'll reach out and it creates connections. And, and obviously like what we did, you know, started the podcast yeah. together since then we've traveled the world presenting um, we've become good friends and it's amazing what happens when you connect with like-minded people. So Kyle, where can people find you, mate? Obviously, uh, you've got a huge presence online. Um, where's probably the best place oh, to thanks. see see that? Uh, because you do, mate. It's uh, very impressive, your journey and what you've been able to create for the community of trainers around the world. Thank you. Uh, just go to bootcampideas.com and uh, you'll find everything there. And if you go to the podcast, that's where you'll find our podcast, uh, Lead Your Tribe and... Yeah, I think that's probably the the easiest place to sort of find all things um, branching out for me. Yeah, beauty. All right, well, I have links in the show notes. And um, I think if you are interested in the podcast we do together, I think today, Cole, has been a, a mixture of just all different things that we talk yeah. about. And <laughs> I, know, I know when we started the podcast, it was all for trainers. It was all about fitness. It was all about building a business. Um, and now it's just about being a good person, leading a tribe. Um, I think... Last week we spoke about kindness. Before that, like whatever topic we're thinking about at the time, we just want to talk about. And um, I know for me personally, when things have been going rough with my business or, you know, been in that lockdown or whatever like that, just getting on and talking to you, essentially it's a little bit selfish because we're doing a podcast and just recording what we're talking about, but it's been really helpful. So, mate, Mm -hmm. I'm really stoked to have you on the show and thanks for sharing, you know, some pretty deep stuff that – you know, a lot of people are probably experiencing at the moment and uh, the more we can share about it and, and share our stories and be a little bit vulnerable, it does really help. So thanks for showing up. Thanks for always, mate. And I really appreciate it. Thanks, Dale.